Good morning, good Saturday morning, and it's good to have all of you bring up your cup of coffee. Join Heather Lofthouse and me for our coffee clutch. Good morning. Good morning, Heather. Well, there's a lot to talk about this week. So I have lots of things in my head. Well, <laughs> well I don't know what they are, but I'll tell you what's in my head. Yeah, go. And then we'll go to your head. Okay. I mean, the thing okay. that I've been uh, kind of smirking about internally is Fox. Ooh. Fox News. And Dominion voting systems, because defamation lawsuits. Yes, yes, yes. Go. Uh, well, look, at here's the, the thing. Apparently, in this litigation, by Dominion voting systems against Fox News, this defamation lawsuit having to do with Fox News, uh, basically saying that Dominion voting machines were lousy, um, what's come out is that all of these Fox hosts, Tucker Carlson, your favorite, I, and yeah. Sean Hannity, and and the and, and they've all they were all saying apparently uh, that Trump is is you know is crazy uh, that there is no election fraud right uh, that this is this whole thing was was trumped up uh, and uh, the question obviously in my mind is well why were they not saying this on the air that is what was their motive because. Even Rupert Murdoch, apparently, according to these papers, was saying the same thing. Money, uh, that money, 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 money. But, but, yes, of course. Follow the money. Right. But, but Heather, what specifically is it? I mean, is it that they were afraid of losing market share yep. to uh, even you know the, the pro-Trump right of them? Is that? Can that I explain think it's it old school ratings. I mean, a huge part of it is: are people going to go over to Newsmax and OAN? So, in other words, uh, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and and all of the rest. There's no. I mean, we knew that there was no integrity, right? There's. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not no surprise here. But what they're selling is kind of an intensity of their own conviction mm -hmm. over Fox News. That's why people like to listen. I know. And these convictions are totally what bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's like oscar worthy except it's not i mean it's really a performance it's total performance right. and it's all about ratings and it's all about money well of course we all knew this but to have it completely it's so interesting and also you know this better than i but defamation suits i mean they're not an easy thing to do this seems compelling this is really a big deal and if this defamation you know i'm not a huge fan of defamation suits because i like the free press hello right uh but uh if this defamation suit does continue to force the crazies mm -hmm. uh particularly the crazy right mm -hmm. uh to uh, to be a little bit more honest right. about what's going on and not uh, not Play the games that right. they've been playing uh, with uh, with information, misinformation, uh, the uh, the weaponization of misinformation. Well, so much the better, right? No, and then can the public learn from this? Do we think? Well, I think I, I don't. That's a good question. It's always a good question. Can the what is it that the public learns? I think that what the public learns uh, is if the public didn't know uh, the Fox viewing or if the listening public that these people are in it just for the money, just right. for the ratings. There's nothing else, nothing else there. Right. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the little man behind the, uh, the blanket or the curtain, uh, is not even Rupert Murdoch. I mean, right. it's just, you know, Wall Street. Yeah. And, and investors. Yeah. Uh, what else can be learned? I think, um, I think a certain skepticism mm -hmm. about the entire edifice of, 
uh, of political journalism masquerading as uh, a kind of indignation. Right, right, right. Does that mean we are in the same business? No. You no, definitely not. Well, good. Okay, thank We're you. We're objective. Well, we are. I like to think we are. Yeah, I mean, there's truthful. Not a, there's not any ulterior motive. And maybe that's also part of the learning. I mean, always look for whether there is an ulterior motive. Yep. Always look for, always follow the money. Yep, 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 yep. I know. Okay. Can we talk about Georgia? What's happening in Georgia? Are indictments coming? Uh, well, speaking of following the money. Right. I mean, uh, and power. It, it looks like... Uh, Fannie Willis, who is the DA Mm -hmm. in Fulton County, Georgia, it looks like she is on to something. I mean, that grand jury, now it was redacted, Mm -hmm. so we don't know very much. The grand jury, um, uh, what was released of that grand jury uh, report to the judge uh, did indicate very strongly that there was somebody who, or at least one person, who committed perjury, mm-hmm. and that there's some there's there's a lot there. I mean, these are instructions to the judge and instructions to the prosecutor mm-hmm. as to whether to indict and wait for it. Is it going to be indicting the former president of the United States? I mean, the first indictment of right. a former president. Uh, it could be, and who who would have thought it would come out of a district attorney in a county mm-hmm. in Georgia. I know. I mean, I mean, of all places. Right. No, it's good. This is could. This could be. Um, this could. This could topple Trump. Wow. And then, so then, if he's toppled, who are we looking at in twenty twenty four? Is it Nikki Haley after this week? I doubt it. <laughs> I. Doubt, I will bet you. How much you want to bet? It's not going to be Nikki. Haley. I don't want to bet. Bet. Well, I'm with you. Well, Nikki Haley. Uh, there, there's no. Interesting. There's no there there. I mean. It would be one thing, going back to the theme that we started on with, with Fox News and, and lack of integrity and Republican, uh, unprincipled Republicans. Well, Nikki Haley is the poster child for unprincipled Republicanism. And she was the one who originally was very anti-Trump. She she rejected Trumpism. She was very, very vocal about it and then did 180 degrees. I mean, she just, when it looked like Trump was gaining influence and gaining yeah. power and was going to be running again, oh, no, she was in oh, Trump's- was phenomenal. She was, <laughs> I mean- No how, one better. I mean, the, the amazing thing is how these people can maintain straight faces and look themselves in the mirror and 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 say they're people of integrity. I know, when, and principles. And, and when, when, when there's, morale, I don't there's know. nothing, there's nothing- uh, so for that reason, she may have a chance mm-hmm. because she certainly is the mainstream of current Republican lack of principles. Mm. Um, Do you think she's hoping to be a veep on someone's ticket? I don't know. Uh, she may ho- hope to be a veep. I think Carrie Lake and Nikki Haley both would like to be vice president on Trump's ticket. Yeah. Uh, and both of them are, you know, even though Trump is faltering, even though there might even be an indictment, both of them are assuming what I'm also assuming, and that mm-hmm. is that Donald Trump is still going to be the Republican nominee in 2024. There's just, I, I, you know, DeSantis is so far behind. Uh, yes, the inner workings of the Republican National Committee and the Republican chairs, and they like DeSantis. And there is, you know, we, we know now that the Koch network is moving toward DeSantis. Uh, but uh, the, the, the base, the Republican base, is doesn't want DeSantis. Right. And not yet. Right. And you saw, of course, that um, Fetterman 
has been diagnosed with clinical depression and has entered treatment at Walter Reed. I think this is enormously courageous of him. Yeah. I mean, to uh, I, I, you're too young to remember Tom Eagleton. Uh, Tommy. Do you remember Tom Eagleton? Eags. Tommy he, Eags. No. You don't. No. You don't Should remember I? Tommy <laughs> Oh, how fast, sorry, how fast sorry. they Should I lie they and say I did? I did try not memory. to lie. He, he ran with George McGovern. Oh, right. As vice president, where he was going to be vice president, mm-hmm. uh, the vice presidential candidate. And then he confessed that he had been subject to clinical depression oh, and he right. had a history uh, of, of, and at that time it was considered to be such a, a terrible thing, uh, such a, a, a shameful thing right. to have any kind of mental illness uh, that uh, he had to bow out and McGovern had to push him out. I mean, right. it's not clear ever what these things happen. Uh, but now I think Fetterman is uh, is doing something that is very courageous. He's, he's, you know, he made it very clear to the public right away that he was going to Walter Reed Army Hospital uh, for help. Uh, checking himself in. Yeah, I think uh, the stakes must be high. And also, depression post-stroke is something that happens. I mean, It happens not... about a third of the time, as I understand it, uh, post-stroke. Yeah. So it's not surprising. Uh, but my heart really does go out to this man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I, having seen so many and been with so many politicians and been even myself trying to at one time get into politics, it's such a rough and tumble sport. If you've had any kind of a health issue, uh, but but uh, but depression. Yeah. How you can day after day after day go into your office uh, and and smile and be the kind of extrovert that you have to be in politics, and yet inside be 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 just have this gnawing at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I, I I deeply, deeply, deeply feel for him. I know, and, and his I, family. I do hope that it. I mean, I think it is mental health is we're more aware of it than we were. That's the good news. The good news is we're more aware. The bad news is that uh, arguably, according to every study I've been seeing, um, mental health is a bigger issue for so many people today. And then stick with me on this one. But so all the so all these, you know, horrific mass shootings. And it's so interesting because the Republicans say, you know, it's not about laws. It's not about laws, laws, even though we know laws work, by the way, as it relates to guns. They say, you know, this is a mental health crisis. But then at the same time, like Marco Rubio won't fund mental health related things and specifically Rubio mental health checks for guns. Yeah. So well, the, the, again, back to the theme of, of lack of principles and hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not vote for gun controls and saying it's all about mental health and then at the same time uh, not want to make mental health, not want to fund mental health, right. not want to uh, make mental health a, a central feature of public policy and even say mental health should not be an issue in getting a gun. Right. <laughs> this is this is beyond uh, bizarre. I know. Uh, it's 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 cynical, deeply, deeply cynical. Okay, speaking of things the government does that doesn't help the people, the derailment train, train derailment. Speaking of things that make us crazy. <laughs> right. So, what's the latest, and what's happening, and what can we learn from that? East Palestine. Well, here's the thing, um, and I don't think this has had nearly enough coverage. Norfolk Southern, 
a big rare rate company that has been lobbying. I mean, it, it, what comes with being a big major railway is that you have lobbying power. You right. have a lot of lobbying power. This is where if they haven't put their money, their profits, their excessive profits into buybacks, stock buybacks, which they have, mm -hmm. the other thing they put it into is lobbying. And they have been lobbying against safety measures for years. Uh, you know, uh, they don't want the EPA to... Uh, to describe anything they're carrying as as dangerous or flammable, uh, they don't want any kind of uh, uh, constraints right. on what they can do or how fast they can do it and how speedy they can they can and and also remember they're now we're dealing with trains that are a mile long. Right, they have, they're understaffed. We went through all of this with regard to the the train strike or the potential train strike, and uh, and yet they. And yet they get away with it. You know, Heather, what, what the historian part of my reptile brain uh, keeps saying to me, this is what we had in the Gilded Age of the late 19th century. Right. These big railways yeah. uh, that just ran rampant and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and politically used their influence and their power uh, to stop any kind of railway regulation uh, and make more money for the owners. And hello, we're back. I know. And didn't, I mean, Trump is, has a hand in this or his yes. administration. Well, uh, Trump actually uh, was one of the major, and the Trump administration basically gave the railways exactly what they wanted. Right. I mean, you, you, know, you want to transport liquid natural gas, go ahead, yeah. do it. Uh, anything you want to transport. And we've had, you know, about 1,000 rail derailments, railroad Ooh, derailments yeah. a year. Wow. And the number of derailments that have very dangerous cargoes mm -hmm. uh, is going up. Right. You hear more about the passenger ones. Well, obviously, but yeah. the dangerous cargoes, I mean, yeah. uh, there is not a city in America that is not potentially subject uh, to one of these toxic clouds coming right. off of these trains. So I think it's a big deal. And it's a, it's a big deal that teaches the public once again that we cannot trust these giant corporations to use their huge profits, and they're making more and more profits because they're monopolies, hello, right. uh, to use those profits in a responsible way without having campaign finance laws. Right. As it relates to workers, as it relates to environmental safety, as exactly. it relates to all of it. Okay. Um, question about the economy. So here we are. It's feeling a little better. We're feeling a little better, but then interest rates are still going to go up. Can you explain to me what's happening? Because it's counterintuitive. The counterintuitive is the, the better the better the economy does, the, the worse the Fed thinks it is. <laughs> yeah. Or the, worried, the more worried the Fed gets. That. And interest rates going up. Yeah, can you well, explain it to yeah, us? It's this, it, the proposition is actually very simple. I disagree with it, but this is the way the Fed has been running. And what remember, the Fed has only one right tool. Right. When you have only a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. When you have only uh, interest rates, everything looks like inflation. Right. Uh, and what the Fed uh, is worried about is that a rip-roaring economy that has a lot of jobs uh, where everything seems to be doing well, where consumers can continue to buy, uh, poses an even greater inflation danger. And the Fed is worried that inflation gets built into the economy, into expectations uh, in terms of setting wages and setting prices and everything else. And therefore, you've got to keep on raising interest rates to slow the economy and, cool cause, it down. and cause pain. Right. I mean, I mean it, it, it really is bizarre thinking. 
Uh, it's wrong because a lot of the inflation is coming from excessive monopolization right. from corporate power to raise prices. Uh, but the Fed doesn't really have anything to do with antitrust, right. anti-monopolization. And so it's using its one tool, its one tool to hammer interest rates and inflation. It's so interesting because, you know, you think it's perverse. I mean, it is totally perverse. <laughs> you think it's perverse. It is perverse, Heather. I know. Uh, uh, but that's uh, and what worries me is Leo Brainard, uh, mm -hmm. who is the vice chair, and she was one of the restraining voices on the Fed. She yes. was one of those uh, saying, "Wait a minute, we've got to worry about jobs. Uh, let's not right. let's not raise interest rates too far too fast. Let's let the economy actually let's pause this." Right now, but she's, she's got a new job. Moving over to the National Economic Council, Biden right. just appointed her as head of the National Economic Council. Uh, so that position of vice chair, uh, which has been a moderating voice under Bernard, uh, well, who knows? Right. Uh, when that's gone. Okay, we'll have to track who's going to be, who's replacing it's, her. It's but a, not, that's, I like that she's going to be head of the NEC, though. Well, I do, too. I do, too. But I, I, yeah, I, I do worry. Her. I mean, the Fed is, like the Supreme Court, it is not subject to democratic small d right. control. And it's doing things that I think are not in the public's interest. Mm. Jerome Powell. Okay, so speaking of people in D.C., so Marty Walsh retiring. Marty you Walsh, you know, he was mayor of Boston. Uh, he's a friend. I think that I think the world of the guy, but he's leaving the Labor Department after two years. I know. Heather, how can you leave that wonderful place? Do we know who? Job? So I heard a rumor on the street. The word on the street was that Bernie put you forward for the gig. Bernie who? Bernie who? <laughs> Bernie, but yeah, yeah, Bernie called me. He said he put. He did. He did. He wanted me to be labor secretary. And? No! <laughs> what? I've I didn't hear in, you. <laughs> no, I've been there. I've done that. Okay. No, no. There are a lot of good people who, who, should, who yeah. should do that. So we will see. Um, also, one kudos to Bernie on Moderna, right? And yeah, the you know, he, he is using his influence. He's now chair of the labor uh, and health committee. Right. And education. I mean, this is a terrific committee for him to be chair. Uh, and he threatened... The uh, CEO of Moderna mm -hmm. uh, to be, that he would he would it, it's such a big threat he's just going to come and testify right and then the next day uh, lo and behold Moderna said no we're we're going to make we're going to give out these uh, these these uh, these medications free yeah vaccines yeah and that's uh, it's an interesting <laughs> exercise like of power yeah I was happy to see that yeah. well done Bernie okay thank you. I've, have we covered? It feels like we've covered a lot. Oh no, we just we Sir, scratched just, the surface. We've the next another. Uh, the next hour will be brought to you by <laughs> somebody. By, by somebody. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Heather, have a good week. Thank you for the coffee this week. And thank you. And everybody, for have the a great President's Day. A very great President's Day uh, conversation and conversation and President's Day weekend. And we will catch you next week. Uh,